Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District episode 96. 96. 96 is where we're at. Just double checking there. Even though I created the graphic, I always forget the number. And I literally keep that number on there to remind me what episode this is. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner correcting me on the thing. And Trev is coming in right down to the wire. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Uh, of course, we're live every Wednesday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at 7.30 in the evening. And then you can catch us live on, or you can catch us on your favorite audio platforms afterwards. And uh, we are sponsored by a couple of great organizations. By a couple, I actually mean a few because we have three sponsors. One of those being Skybar, which is where you'll find Trev in person. And, uh, and he's also given us a nice swag bag for our season of giving. More on that later. Pacers running a Manscaped, you'll hear for um, in a little bit as well. It is victory week. I'm just going to celebrate all week. And, of course, we got the Falcons coming up, which is a game that Washington needs to win. We'll be talking about that during the game. And post-game, we'll be providing you our game predictions with our dollar dollars as always. Here in the warm-up, we're going to be talking about our last thoughts on the uh, game there against the Houston Texans. And what do we think about Chase Young coming back? All that and more here in the warm-ups. Give a shout-out to those who are already in the chat. We got Yam in the house, Gus Bus, my mom, who's uh, traveling around right now, uh, making some last-minute Thanksgiving groceries uh, runs and things like that. Michael is here alcatone as well appreciate you all coming in here uh yes absolutely happy thanksgiving to you and yours as well we'll probably later probably at the uh uh and the cool down do some uh some thanks that uh we wanted we want to do there but first we got to talk about this game against houston last thoughts trev hit us with your uh your last thoughts defense balled out offense got to step it up <laughs> there you go. Jeff's just like I ain't got nothing to say, man. That's it. Per, two sentences. That's hey, that's good. That's what we need. And I mean, it's precise too, Trev. You're absolutely right. This is an offense that I I really feel has been letting the defense down. Even though we're continuing to win games, this offense, you know, has is literally just saying, "Hey, defense, you're going to have to carry us because we're not." We're not really a part of this team right now. Unfair. And, uh, it might be unfair, but I mean, uh, Stoner, <laughs> tell me, tell me, what's their point per game? Where do they rank in the NFL on points per game? Uh, they are twenty third in points per game at nineteen and a half points per game. I only have, I only take umbrage with the words that they're letting the defense down. I'm thinking I don't believe they're doing that. With the word umbrage. What is umbrage? <laughs> I got a problem. Oh, okay. I got an issue. Okay. I got I got a craw. Okay. Uh, I mean, do they need to be better? Of course. But they're not letting the defense down. It's not like the Jets offense letting their defense down and not admitting yeah. to it. Because this team went out to a 20 to nothing lead at halftime. It's not like at halftime it was three to nothing or six to nothing. They scored 20 points. Now the defense scored seven of those. They, they scored well, they technically score six, right? But I mean that's oh, yeah, now yeah, I'm getting the uh, offense. <laughs> the offense scored enough in the first half that they didn't have to do anything in the second half, and they still would have won the game. 
even, even if they didn't have the defensive touchdown, right? They scored 13 on their own in the first half, and the Texans only scored 10. Yeah. So they, they're not letting them down. They need to pick it up, like Trev said. They need to be better, like Nathan said. But I don't think they're to the point where they're letting them down. It could happen. And it has happened in the past in some sure. of the other games, but not during this. Indianapolis and a couple of these games that we've yeah. lost, even Minnesota, where we're just like, hey, oh, offense man. just needs to do one more thing, and they mm-hmm. put that game away, and instead they lost. But I, I guess I can understand it a little bit, Stoner. I mean, when you're looking at maybe like a team like the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos have like this insane stat going on right now where if they had uh, – scored 19 points they would be eight and one right now yeah yeah so that that's defense hard. is absolutely doing its job the offense is not that's letting them down washington has at least kind of done their part for a few of these games to stay in there but yeah just an insane stat out there in denver with a, a quarterback a lot of people wanted here the other insane thing with denver is uh there's another thing going on where it's just like, has Russell Wilson thrown more touchdown passes than he has toilets in his mansion? He has not hit that number, by the way. We're, we're in like week 11. So a lot of fun things going over there. And you you, you mentioned the Jets. Because I think we're wet, ready to put down the Houston game. Any other thoughts on the Houston game? No. It was an ass whooping, and, it, and it, was, <laughs> it, it was kind of a boring game. But no. they, yeah, they, yeah. they beat him down. Yeah. Good to go. It was a much needed victory like that, though, right? Mm-hmm. It was a it was a it was a victory Washington needed to where that they could, you know, absolutely demolish somebody, and they they ended up doing that. We are, we've been trashing Denver and their situation. You brought up the Jets. Mm. And I, I had this, the, you know, I was reading about how they just benched their their second overall pick from last year, and it got me thinking. And so I'm going to ask you guys here, and we'll probably put this up for like a community poll uh, later, but what would you rather have? Would you rather be the Jets who used a third overall pick on Sam Darnold and he flamed out after a few years, Mm -hmm. and then now you got Zach Wilson as the number two overall pick and you're benching him in his sophomore season, or would you want what we have in Washington, which is just a QB carousel, of just name after name after name, and now we've landed on Taylor Heineke. You know, which one would you rather have as an organization? Maybe the chance to get your franchise QB or just running with, you know, the Trent Dilfers of the world? Yeah, he had the Super Bowl. That's why I brought him up as a as an example there, because eventually maybe that roulette lands you uh, on uh, somebody who's, uh, give like me- who's winning games. Give me the Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold situation because so. also I know it's hypothetical, but we, I think have more to offer as far as weapons on both sides of the ball that could probably help Sam Darnold or Zach Wilson. The jets really didn't. So I guess that's kind of why that's, it is there, but yeah, I definitely take, because you know what you, you know what you have, or at least you know what you're going after. You sought him out all off season. You watch his college tape. You know his ups and downs. You you like you know. This guy, you just you just look off of all the film from different teams, and he's been out of the league for a little bit. Then he's back in the league. These are fresh young prospects that are coming in, ready to be molded however you see fit, rather mm-hmm. than bringing somebody who's been around the league for eight or nine years 
seven different teams on his sister's couch. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. I yeah, I, th- I think you already if you have the the Taylor Heineke type or the you know this quarterback carousel, you kind of already know what the what they can do, what their peak level is. Yeah. Whereas with the Zach Wilsons and the Sam Darnolds, you don't know. You know the potential is there. You know the opportunity to grow is there. It might not work, but at least they have they have a higher ceiling. You know what Taylor Heineke is. You know he can only take this team so far. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson may be able to take a team way higher. Now, he may not either, but the potential is there. So you'd always want that potential of a, quarter, a young quarterback over a retread that you already know kind of what the ceiling is. So I'd rather have the Jets situation uh, of drafting a new guy every couple of years. Mm-hmm. But both situations are certainly not ideal. No, they're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, neither neither one good. And we've talked about this a little bit before where it's like if you draft the wrong QB, that sets you back, you know, yeah. two, two to three years. That's exactly, have- that's exactly what happened when the whole issue with, you know, not saying anything ill of those – to have passed, but with Dwayne Haskins and the reason they didn't draft a quarterback in 2020 and they drafted Chase Young is because they were hoping that Dwayne Haskins would develop Mm -hmm. and he didn't. And so where, where we are two years later, next year will be three years. We're just sitting there still trying to find that quarterback. Whereas we could have had Tua, we could have had Herbert or whatever. If we didn't have that situation of drafting a quarterback that you were waiting to develop and never did. And so, yeah, that that one draft pick has set this team back for a few years now, and it, and it's and it kind of sucks to to have to deal with that year after year after year after year. Yep, I agree. I I guess I I definitely see your guys' point. I mean, and you have maybe like the Josh Allen's who didn't didn't look all that great, you know, first couple of seasons, and then mm-hmm. had an explosive year three. And so sometimes there is merit to kind of sticking with those draft picks. Uh, but, I mean, one thing I'll say to, to close it out from my perspective and have you guys do any last-minute thoughts on this is I think that teams need to stop being so committed to the QBs. If you know that you have a pass rusher or a cornerback who is just bad or a wide receiver who's just not getting it, you draft more of them. Right now, there's potentially more pro level wide receivers or you know defensive players than there are QBs. There's only so many QBs that are actually NFL caliber. But I think we've seen this a little bit with Sam Darnold being moved on from from the Jets. Like they tried it, he wasn't happening. They traded it away to pick up Zach Wilson. You saw Rosen get dumped for Kyler Murray. Yeah, we need to see more of that going forward in the future, where it's just like, hey. We've had this guy on our roster for a year and we know who he is and let's try to get somebody else at worst case scenario. You end up having a valuable backup and, or a a piece that someone else is like, like, Hey, you know what? I can, I can maybe do something with that. I mean, Sam Darnold was traded for, for actual assets. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not something that I feel like you need to, be afraid to do, you know, make those picks, make those Zach Wilson's and Sam Darnold picks and, and hopes that they do turn out, but then you don't have to ride them for two to three years. 
you literally just, if you know, if you have the staff on board who can tell you, Hey, this guy's not getting it. Let's try to find somebody else. Then find somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's, there's, there's a lot of merit to what the way the NFL is kind of changing this. This is, I've said it before and I don't know that everybody agrees, but it's really no longer a quarterback driven league. Okay. We're past that, that five years ago when you had 15 elite quarterbacks, close to 15 elite quarterbacks, there's like five or six. And I, I want to challenge you on that number, but I don't have time tonight to do yeah, that. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll, around we'll, there. We'll give you a homework assignment for, for that <laughs> yeah. number. You but I mean, there. now there, there might be five or six and look at the teams that are winning right now. The teams that are leading their divisions are in the playoffs. They don't have, not all of them, but most of them don't have elite quarterbacks anymore. They're getting back to making sure that they run the ball. They stop the run. They don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. But they are going to at some point. Their quarterback is going to have to step up and, and make plays and win the win games especially when you get to the playoffs. But you've got teams like uh, like the Giants who are up there. We know their quarterback is not that great, but they're winning in other ways. Mm-hmm. But they showed last week if you stop Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones can throw the ball around, but he's not going to make the big plays. Right. The team win. But look at Seattle with Geno yeah. Smith at the helm. They're leading their division. Look at San Francisco with uh, Jimmy with Jimmy G. G. Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins. Right, but and they're running the ball right. And yeah. you look know, at and the Washington look at Commanders. They're the way we're winning. I mean, it's Taylor Heineke, and yes, we're we believe in him. We're going to trust in him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, well, it's running the ball. It's and look at Tennessee. Defense. Tennessee's like seven and three now. I believe yeah. is their record, something like that. And, and we left them for dead, but they're running the ball and they're asking Tannehill not to make mistakes and they're stopping the run. So those are those are what teams are doing now to win. Now, when it gets to playoff time, the quarterbacks are going to need to make plays. Oh, and we've seen sure. that with Tennessee in the past. Tannehill's mm-hmm. not been able to make the plays mm-hmm. in the playoffs. That's where the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows, uh, the Patrick Mahomes, that's where they start stepping up and taking your teams further along. But right now, you don't need that to get to the dance. But we'll see what happens once you get there. It will be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Uh, I didn't see a lot of responses into it. Like I said, we might get that one up as like a community poll sometime later this week to see what uh, people said as far as which situation would you want. The Jets situation of spending a third and then a second and going six years, not really having a QB or being Washington and doing that QB carousel. Still very interested in hearing what you have to say about that. But now I want to hear what these two have to say about Chase Young likely returning back to this defensive unit. Guys, I'm hearing a lot of uh, a lot of chatter right now about how he might not fit in well and how he's going to disrupt this defense Trev, do you think that there's a lot of merit to that? Do you think that Chase Young is going to ruin this uh, this defense that's been playing outstanding these last few weeks? No, I think because he's he's going to be on the pitch count, so he's not going to have a chance to ruin this defense. It's just like us putting in Ridgeway or Daniel Wise or F.A. Obata in rotation or Tuhill. That's all he's become is a rotational guy right now. It's not going to disrupt anything. He's not going to come in with the mindset that I'm going to wreck the game. He knows that. He loves football and loves the game too much to do that and knows how serious his injury was to do that. 
the kid loves to play football, let the kid play football. Put him on a pitch count and let's rock. We'll what, be fine. Let me ask you, Trev, do, do you think that Chase Young was part of the problem on this defense before he got hurt? You've heard that. You've heard that he was yeah, he was undisciplined part, football. Yeah, he was part of that undisciplined problem. Mm-hmm. He was a contributing factor because all of them were doing it. All of them wanted to be individual. All of them wanted to rush their own kind of way. And then when they said form as a team, you see what's going on. I mean, most of our most of our defensive line pressure is coming from the inside anyway. Deron Payne, John Allen. Yeah, Montez Sweat every now and then. He's had a really good year. And yeah, a little bit James Williams. But most of it's coming from the inside anyway. So I think, yes, to answer your question, he was part of the problem, but not the sole reason. It was the whole defensive line. Montez Sweat was a no-show last year. Uh, yeah. We were we were all talking about Deron Payne's gone because, you know, the, the, now he's having like a Jonathan Allen type year right now. So we'll be fine. I think yeah, what you hope – I, I think what you hope is that being away from the game and seeing the defensive line this year flourish – playing mm-hmm. disciplined brand of football and how right. if he sticks with that, that maybe that did spark something, in, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of his mind that says, if I can do it or if I do those sorts of disciplined rushes and yeah. disciplined play, then I'll still be rewarded. Whereas yeah. before it may be just a thing where I've got to do what I've got to do to get college mentality because yeah. he was the only one pretty much known on Ohio State's defense at that time was was Chase Young. And then like when Bosa was there, it was it was nothing but the Bosa guy. Nobody else on that yeah. defensive line. So in college, it was just him. He drove the force of the line. So he brought that with him to the league. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. That's Jonathan Allen. Maybe if I do this, he do that. We can do that together. So maybe mm. like you said. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it when it, when you're talking about from the college level to the pro level, the level of talent he's going up against mm-hmm. where he he knows he can freelance and beat somebody and it'd be okay. Well, the level of talent in the NFL, you're you're not gonna be able to get away with that as mm-hmm. often. And I and, and I saw the comment there from from Michael, you know, this is why Sam Mills is gone, right? So this mm-hmm. I don't think it's any surprise that this defense defensive line has been playing better with Sam Mills gone. Mm-hmm. And it's not to disparage Sam Mills and what he brought, but the message was clear that this team, this unit is underperforming and they needed to do something different. And they are doing, they are working together. You're seeing, you know, one of the sacks from Sunday was this crazy one where it was kind of a little bit of a stunt as, as uh, Montez Sweat had to go behind and, and Jonathan Allen's just bulldozing past two people and then Sweat bounced back in and was able to find that clean pocket and coverage did their part mm-hmm. to be able to make that sack happen. And now that this team's doing that way, I, I, I agree with you, Stoner. I feel like he's watched it have some success mm-hmm. and that he's going to come back. He's going to be on a pitch count and he is going to look to do something disruptive because we've seen him be disruptive, mm-hmm. but he's going to be working within the team, you know, confines of the, the team unit and be able to be successful there. So I don't I don't think that's that's gonna be I, I can't believe I hear people say that, like, oh, you know, because and I think Stoner, you might have alluded this to as well, right? Losing William Jackson, who is a talented cornerback, mm-hmm. has actually benefited Washington with okay. him off. The team has just been performing better, an addition by subtraction, and you can't well, really make sense with it. And people are like, Well, now if you add in 
and and Chase Young, and it's going to disrupt, and it's going to go, it's going to be like William Jackson. They're just going to play worse, and I just don't buy it with the level of talent that Chase Young brings. They should treat this game as a preseason game for Chase Young. Get him in there in ten to fifteen plays and get him out. He needs this is his first real live action if he plays Sunday since he went out a year and a half ago. So I don't think he really has a chance of disrupting anything. If he does, the man hasn't played in a year and a half. So just put him on a pitch count. That way, if he does, the mistakes won't be as bad as if he was like a 50, 60. You know how much this defense will lose their 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 minds if he ends up getting a sack? Good. They're going to – the, no, they, this is, Chase, Young, Chase Young is, I think, a lot like Taylor Heineke when it comes to that locker room personality. I think mm-hmm. that guys just genuinely like yeah, him. I agree. And, and it's a lot because of who he is, not just as a, uh, for Chase Young as, a, an, as an excellent player, but it's also because he's, he's always there. He's always talking up. He's always you know being supportive of the team. And so I think the guys like playing with him. So if he gets a sack, even if he's on a 15-snap pitch count, which, spoiler alert, I think that might be too high. So if he gets a sack within the nose, the defense is just going to absolutely lose their minds Good. and rally behind that. Uh, I'll be honest, though, watching a lot of the – uh, clips that are coming out of for the last week and even today, just mm-hmm. today while he was at practice. And you only see him doing drills. You don't see him in practice because they don't allow the media to film or even be there at the actual practice. I I don't see a burst right now. Now, that makes sense, right? It makes sense yeah. that he doesn't have that being a year removed from reconstruction of his knee. But it's still – let's not get carried away – when over the next three games, he plays a total of 35 plays and doesn't even show up on the stat sheet with even a, a you know, assisted tackle or anything. We he just got to kind of temper yeah. our expectations for at he's least a, a few weeks because I don't like what I'm seeing when he's out there at practice. And, and again, <laughs> it's a one or two clips. I, right. That's all I can judge it that's on. That's why I say, yeah, pitch count. Treat it like a preseason game. The man hasn't played real ball in a year and a half. He's been going up against the same guys for a year and a half in practice when he can. Yeah. So, yeah. and a lot of that is there's a difference between game speed and practice. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Speed, right. So we're gonna we're gonna see something. A lot of a lot of differences. We'll see how it goes. You know, maybe this can be a dollar dollar. But what do you guys want to give him for a pitch count? I said 15 is too high, so I'm gonna take the under on 15 snaps. I'll probably go. I'll probably I'll go over 12. that. I'll say 12. I, you know what? I'll actually be honest. I'm going to go under. and I'm going to go with he's not even going to play. I don't even think he's going to play this game. I don't think he's playing the next two weeks. I'll be perfectly honest. I think he comes back after the bye. After the bye? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be – he has to be active. He is activated. Mm-hmm. He's on the roster. Yeah. But he could he, – he might even be, a, a you know, one of the – Healthy scratch? Hel- yeah, like a healthy scratch. He might even be that for the next couple of weeks. I'll be honest. Yeah. So he may not even be, you know, he may be one of the five or six guys who don't even dress. Yeah, I think it was uh, Gus Bus here, yeah, saying Chase isn't going to play at the Giants because of the turf. After the bye, the rest of our game's on grass. So kind of like what you're saying there, Stoner, you know, let him sit, get still getting there with the practice, doesn't play Mm -hmm. this game against Atlanta, doesn't play – with the with the Giants, 
but gets back in after the bye week. That's three more weeks of kind of getting back in there and getting that conditioning, which is something the coach that coach Rivera has talked about is that we got to see where he is at conditioning wise. Mm-hmm. It'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes uh, to answer Sean's question. What's in that cup? Just a little juice. Uh, that's all just a little Baltimore juice that, uh, that I'm, uh, partaking in the, um, let's go ahead and move on while we're here. Unless you guys had any final thoughts to give on the chase young situation, but I want to get this moving because I want to talk about this game against Atlanta. Lots of things happening in here on ref the district. The game is brought to you by Pacers running stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and DC. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. 